0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. pre-record on my count: seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A.
1: To the, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Dalton Stanford here in the First Bank Studios of Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson does not have the coronavirus, <laughs> but when you hear his voice, you're going to think he does. Uh, at the First Bank Studios in Laura, go ahead, Luke. You can clarify for the world right now. You're not in. Uh, you're not in isolation. Hey, Bob. (laughs) I'm really exaggerating
0: it. But, yeah, it is a little froggy because of the allergens in the air for sure.
1: All right. Basketball ended their season uh, over the weekend. We're going to have a member of the basketball team a little later in the program. Baseball, of course, uh, is in the news. Softball is well in the news. But we always start our Mondays uh, with head baseball coach Scott Berry, whose baseball team uh, just won their third consecutive weekend series, knocking off Arkansas Little Rock, two games to one. They win the opener on Friday night, a cold Friday night, 11 to four. Saturday a contest, four to one, before dropping a five to one decision yesterday. A great pitching performance by a youngster from Little Rock yesterday. Coach Scott Berry joins the Eagle Hour. Coach, congratulations. Another weekend series win for your ball club. Well, thank you, Bob. Appreciate having me on. Coach, uh, interesting weekend. Uh, pretty competitive, I thought. Uh, Little Rock team uh, that came here. Another cold Friday night uh, and another great pitching performance as we kind of start our, our review of the weekend. Another great pitching performance uh, by Walker Powell. Just, how do you not love this kid? You know, he's on on the mound for seven innings and in all four starts. It uh, has an ERA of one point two four. Just what an outstanding player is he proving to be?
2: Well, you know, I think you uh, you judge anything by consistency going out and being able to give yourself a chance to win, your team a chance to win. And certainly Walker does just that. Uh, it seems like every time he takes the ball for us in a start, it's always a quality start. And he, he didn't prove it wrong again on Friday night.
1: You know, Coach, he was one of these kids that had that Tommy John surgery that. And you hear so many kids having that uh, now, but um, how often does how often do you see it as successful as apparently it has been with this youngster?
2: Well, he's actually uh, he's had two of them. Really? If, uh, yeah. So he had one out of high school, and then he had one. Uh, he redshirted here, and then uh, then had another one. Uh, the last his last outing, I think, of his redshirt freshman year against Charlotte in the uh, conference tournament at Southern Miss. Uh, and about, the, I don't know, he pitched about five and a third innings and, and felt something again. And of course, after uh, everything was imaged after that night, then it showed that he had retoured. So, you know, he's had to really uh, overcome some, some really uh, tough obstacles. It's a tough rehab, one, but to uh, get that emotional letdown of it happening again and now I've got to rehab it again, and I think that's what makes Walker so special because it's not just what he goes out, does on the mound now, but what he's had to overcome in his career.
1: Right. A lot of rehabilitation behind the scenes. Am I right about it that? It is.
2: And, you know, it's months and months and, and trainers working with them and stretching them and, and throwing programs and pitching coaches, you know, making sure that their mechanics are right so that everything can be sound and have a chance to get back on there and compete.
1: Yeah, well, good for him. He, so, so it's just great to see, great to see him have uh, the success that he has. So your ball club uh, scores plenty of runs. Uh, you put up 11 on Little Rock Friday night and win that game relatively easily. Very cold weather. Uh, hopefully, most of that is behind it. You come back Saturday, uh, and because of some pitching changes, obviously, uh, you bring a, a freshman uh, on the mound, and boy, he he shows out for you.
2: Well, you know that was his second quality start. He had one uh, the week prior uh, against Valparaiso in a four four game weekend series, uh, so we had to uh, you know add an additional starter in there and Ben had thrown really well in, in uh, all his previous outings out of relief. you know his stuff uh, showed that he had starting uh, material as far as three pitches, fastball breaking ball change up and He's continued to develop in his first year in Division One baseball. Ever since the fall, you know, he's gotten bigger, he's gotten more physical. You know, his velocity has has increased, but more than anything, I think his ability to locate pitches. uh, If you look at his numbers, I mean, they were really, really good as a freshman coming in. You know, he's sitting there and uh, and 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 dialing that thing up. he's, He's Twenty six over five walks, or strikeouts over walks. So that's filling it up. But he had another great, great quality start for us this week on Saturday.
1: These freshmen must be putting a smile on your face, Coach, because you got a lot of really young kids contributing pretty big early in the year here.
2: Well, they are. You you never know how big the landscape's going to be for them going from the level of high school to Division One, especially you know at a program like ours. There are some programs out there that they don't draw 200 people in the stands. It's much like a high school. Some of them, you know, mm-hmm. they, they played in front of more in high school. But at Southern Miss and the venues that we play in Mississippi, you know, it's uh, it's great crowds. There's a lot of energy, uh, you know. So there's there's some anxiety that obviously enters into to them stepping between those white lines. But being able to control it at a young age is, is really really need
1: to watch these kids perform. Right, really playing well. Now, Coach, uh, two of your program's biggest fans are Al and Nan Baker from Winona, Mississippi. They drive down for every home series for the, for the weekend. And uh, Al sent me a message early this morning, and he asked me to ask you to explain the interference uh, play that occurred uh, Saturday. Uh, if you can kind of recap what happened, your interpretation of the rules and how it was handled Saturday.
2: Well, he got it right. I, I, I looked at video review the next morning uh, after everything's downloaded it, just to make sure. But the rule states that the, uh, the runner has to slide straight into the bag. He can go through the bag. He can take out the fielder as long as the fielder is in line with the bag. But any, any movement by the runner outside of that bag area, inside or outside, will be ruled as interference. And automatic double play is called, and all runners return back. Nobody advances. So that's why we didn't score. It's in the rule book. They got everything right. I kind of question, you know, if he did really go out of the, of the baseline. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not watching at second if that happens. I'm trying to see if they missed the the play at first, mm-hmm. if he's safe or, or out at first. So my eyes leave there, so I had no idea until uh, the second base umpire... Ruled that he was out. at second went out of the baseline. Of course, you kind of go off from your players' uh, emotions too. And you know, uh, Reed jumped up and hands up in the air like, "What's he talking about?" But after after review uh, the next day on our video, it showed that it, uh, that uh, Mr. McElroy made the right call.
1: Okay, good deal. All right, and then uh, and then so you win that foot that, that baseball game four to one, and then Sunday. Sunday, Little Rock puts a a really good pitcher on the mound, and, and he does, I, th- I thought, fair to say, an outstanding job for them. Was he their number one guy, Coach?
2: Well, you know what? I don't know if they pitched him. He took, well, we didn't see their number one. It, their number one was Hurt Friday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he like Shepard, they had to set him this week. So they pushed their Saturday guy to Friday night, and then they basically TBA'd it on um, – on, on Saturday with, with staff was their intention, and then Funk was on Sunday. Now, they may have Funk on Sunday for a reason, <clears throat> to try to get a win uh, out of a series, just to ensure them a win, because uh, his numbers indicated that he is very good, and, and honestly, he really backed it up yesterday, Bob. Uh, you know, he was really moving the baseball around and hitting his spots. Umpire was giving him that you know that pitch three inches off the plate, but, you know, when you continually hit that and you're consistent with it, you're going to get it and you should get it. You know, mm-hmm. as, uh, as as our pitching staff, we've got to be able to match it and do the same thing if we want the call. So, Funk had some funk on us yesterday. Let me tell you, we were no hit, I think, going into the sixth right. and had only gotten one uh, one runner on base, which was Gidry when he drew a walk, and that was, uh, our next runner was uh, Dickerson after five and a third inning. So, the young man threw really well. Had a good change of uh, uh, change of speeds with his change up and would drop that breaking ball in there. And he must have had really some deception in there in that delivery because we just never got a good look at him. We hit some mm-hmm. balls hard, you know, right at him, um, and where uh, you know they just—it uh, was just one of those days where we just could not get it going.
1: I've learned a lot about college baseball in my conversations with you through the years, and one thing you've taught me is that on any given day. If, if a team has the right pitcher and he's got the right rhythm and, and the right mojo going, they can be tough, tough to beat. And that was the case yesterday, am I right?
2: You're exactly right. I mean, he, he was dialed in, and I could tell that uh, after the second inning. The first inning, we squared him up pretty good. You know, we hit some balls hard, but then the second inning, he got in the middle of our order. And really, uh, you know, I think two of the three guys there – he struck out and I could tell that he had some something about his ball that we weren't uh, weren't picking up. But I think more importantly, you know, he was able to really put that ball where he wanted, especially that fastball. Change up, our lefties chased it too much, you know. I think through through five innings he had sixty seven pitches, so right. he was throwing lots of strikes in command zone and always the count was always in his favor, it was never in our favor. Right.
1: All right, Coach, we're going to hold you over. If that's good, get Luke involved in the conversation. Uh, On the other side of the break, we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry, whose team just uh, won another weekend series. And uh, we'll continue our conversation with Coach right after this.
2: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle
1: Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Back on a Monday, second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg across from the University of Southern Mississippi. Also online, campusbookmark.net. As baseball season and basketball season winds down, baseball season heats up, uh, go see our good friends at Campus Bookmark, get out all the swag you need to cheer on the golden eagles well it's monday we continue with head baseball coach scott berry and coach uh, i want to ask you another pitching question and then switch over to offense chandler best um yesterday you know if you take the the catcher for little rock out the imsoff the MS, kid who was batting over 400 you take him out take away the long swing and then he got on base um he scored two of uh, the three runs that that chandler gave up I, I what was your assessment? Seventy two pitches in, in four innings, but you know, last time against McNeese you, you told us you were kinda of proud of the way he pitched, uh, more of the same yesterday or what?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think he's getting better with each outing. Uh, you know, he has to continue to to improve, obviously. But you know, I, I to me my evaluation with, with Chandler is is that uh he still is getting too many too many three ball counts. He's giving hitters too much too many looks. Uh, you know, and he may start out zero and two, and I think he's just being a little tentative and not going after hitters and trying to put them away. And also, he's got to he's got to develop that put away pitch uh, as we move forward. But I did think that uh, you know he uh, he did pitch better again yesterday. Uh, you know, the, the hitter Ms. Hoff, I think is his name for for uh, Little Rock. I mean, he's the best hitter we've seen all year. I mean, that dude was a serious threat in the lineup and with serious power. So. Uh, yeah he he gets that ball up in the air on a three two count, and uh that ball just it, i don't know where it landed over there in those apartments i think but uh but you know, Chandler's Chambers continued to improve
1: he could hit that's for sure <laughs> he could he could
0: really hit how important was it that you got reed Trimble back this weekend and you know we we were happy to see him and start two out of those three games, but a true freshman
2: yeah it's uh you know he was doing really well prior to the injury and we hated that you know we lost him, but you know we had some guys step up in his absence and uh, and really fill in good for him. I rested him yesterday. I just thought that three days on that ankle might be too much for him, so I felt like that you know we needed to set him yesterday. Although he did pinch it there in the ninth, but it's good to have him back. It's never fun to have injuries, especially the key players, but. You know, that's part of sports, and that's what happens, and it gives other people opportunities. Right. and They have to be ready for the opportunities, and that's what we try to instill in our guys. And, you know, even though you're not in the lineup today, things can really, really change, and so you better be ready for your opportunity to, get, to come in and, and compete and, and, uh, and help your team win.
0: Coach, uh, fifteen games in, uh, you got a midweek with Troy, and then conference starts uh, this weekend. Offensively, because we, we we it's kind of been a consensus, and you can correct us if we're wrong. Um, you know, the the depth is so there on, on the pitching side, but offensively through fifteen games, what have you been proud of, and what do you what's got to improve as conference play starts?
2: Well, we have to continue to uh, to improve to uh, give ourselves opportunities to score runs, and then. Take advantage of those opportunities. You know, I think we have missed on way too many uh, runner at third, less than two out situations. Or just like we saw this weekend, I think we had a couple of times where we had bases loaded, nobody out, and I don't think we scored. Um, You know, we've got to continue to be competitive. We know we're young. uh, And with that youth, uh, you know, it doesn't allow some protection for some other guys. And uh, like we've had in the past for some of our bigger hitters. But you know, I think our guys just have to continue to compete. We have to uh, be able to complement one another uh, on the pitching side and the offensive side because we are all one. You know, certainly we don't want to say, "Hey, you guys need to pick it up." The other side isn't because we're all in it for the same thing. So, offensively, uh, you know, we need to improve. There's no doubt. I mean, the stats show that we're hit, hitting two sixty-three. Uh, but you know, I, I felt like coming in. I, I, I kind of told you all this that. Offensively, especially with power, I didn't see it in the fall, uh, and we were going to have to do some other things to try to generate some offense, so we're going to have to continue to do that. But there's a lot of positives. Um, Gidry, 71 consecutive games. I mean, that's amazing uh, to to get on base. Uh, Dickerson's starting to swing it really good there. Uh, You know, I've been proud of him. This weekend, we had some guys that didn't particularly swing it as well as they have been, so. But that's part of baseball, and, and we'll try to regroup and, and have a better offensive day tomorrow against Troy,
1: Coach. Have you uh, named a pitcher for tomorrow night?
2: Yeah, we're going with uh, the lefty Drew Boyd
1: tomorrow. Okay. And tell us about this Troy team. What do you know about them, Coach?
2: Ooh, they can hit. Uh, looking at their numbers, they uh, they swing it really well. But you know, we knew that because they return most everybody from last year's offense. But uh, you know their their team that their records nine and seven um, on neutral sites they're one and two, which tomorrow night will be a neutral site. Uh, I assume those are that must have been in a tournament obviously that that produced that neutral but you know they're a really really offensive club uh they're not as, as the heavy legged guys as we've seen in the past out of out of uh, Troy, They're more athletic. Uh, they still have the, uh, the ability to hurt you with power, but they're, they're much more athletic. The kid that we're seeing on the mound tomorrow that they're starting is the same young man that started against us last year in our last regular season midweek game. Um, that's when Shepard had, had the, uh, the first of his three really good final starts of the year. So, you know, well-coached ball club. Mark Smart and his staff do a great job. Uh, so you know it'll be another another challenge for us
1: tomorrow. How is your how is your your Friday night guy, Coach? You expect to have him back this weekend?
2: You know it's just kind of a day to day. He feels great. Um, you know uh, on Friday he was able to toss uh, for uh, he actually tossed on Thursday through a really light pin on Friday. He said he felt amazing. You know I think the thing that you really have to guard against, Bob, is uh, you don't want to get greedy and, mm-hmm. and rushing back out there too quick, but. Right. We, as the as week goes along, we'll, we'll make a determination uh, before Friday whether we feel like he's, he's ready. Certainly we don't want him to miss another start, uh, but we'll make sure that he's 100% ready to do that and won't jeopardize anything uh, that, that for the rest of the season. You know, obviously in those situations, one way or the other, you kind of cross your fingers and hope and pray that everything works out. But you know, I can tell you if it's up to Gabe Shepard, he'll tell you right now, I'm going Friday. So, right. but we'll uh, we'll we'll just let time take its 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 pace, and we'll see where we are when we
1: get closer, Coach. When I look at that ball team out on the field, and I, I start counting to myself the freshmen and sophomores that are on the field, and I can count with one finger the senior that you have on the field uh, when uh, you know when your senior's not pitching, uh, eleven and four with all of this youth on the baseball team is a pretty good start. Am I right, Coach?
2: You know, Bob, it is. I didn't know what to think at the beginning of the year because of all the youth. You know, obviously we're disappointed that we lost four games or we have lost four games. But in those 11 games were ecstatic that we were able to come from behind in two or three of them and win them. So, you know, it's kind of like chink hits and line drive outs. They kind of balance themselves out over time. So you're right. 11 and 4. We wish we were, uh, you know, better than that. But that's what it is. And for that, I'm real proud of our guys because I know that every every game that we've been out there, they haven't given up. They haven't given in. They played it to the last out. Some of them they've won it because of that. And you know, and then others we we've lost. But uh, this is a fun club. I hate we didn't get to play Mississippi State last week. I think that kind of took us out of rhythm offensively mm-hmm. uh, going into the weekend. So, you know, hopefully I know there's rain in the forecast for Troy tomorrow, so we need to play that game so badly and not take another midweek game off.
1: Right, challenging week with Troy and then always uh, and always competitive tough Florida international team as conference play uh gets underway. So it's just getting started, Coach, and we're already having a lot of fun. We appreciate you being with us every Monday.
2: Well I appreciate it. is gonna be fine. They've got the preseason pitcher of the year and Logan Allen on Friday night. So uh, you know, he dealt on us last year down there at, at uh, in Miami, so you know, we uh, we need to get after him on Friday. But before we do that, obviously, we've got a, a huge challenge with Troy, and that's what we'll concentrate on.
1: All right, Coach. Thanks for your time, sir. Guys, thank you. All right, Coach Scott Barry, everybody, head baseball coach uh, at USM, of course. All right, real quickly, uh, over the weekend, Marshall wins two out of three against Akron. Florida Atlantic loses two out of three against Northeastern. Old Dominion sweeps Rutgers 3-0. Florida International wins two out of three against Penn. Coastal Carolina beats Middle Tennessee two out of three. Wichita sweeps Louisiana Tech, Wichita State. Three games to none. Toledo beats UAB two out of three. UT Arlington beats Texas San Antonio three straight. Texas Tech sweeps Rice. Western Kentucky wins two out of three against Purdue, and USM wins two out of three against Little Rock. Overall, Luke Johnson, not a good weekend for Conference USA. Fourteen and nineteen uh, on the uh, on the weekend. Old Dominion leading the pack right now, twelve and two, followed by USM, Western Kentucky, Florida International and Louisiana Tech. So, uh, 14 and 19. When you look at
0: when you look at those Sunbelt uh CUSA matchups, that's kind of that's it's kind of telling and the, the team that the Golden Eagles are playing tomorrow night, Troy, they already took two out of three from Louisiana Tech earlier in the year.
1: So mm-hmm. if you're just thinking Converts USA Sunbelt, uh, Sunbelt's up for the task so far this year. Right. Tough game uh, tomorrow night. And then, as Coach just said, a really tough pitcher uh, coming in to take on the Golden Eagles Friday night. So some challenges ahead for this young ball club. All right. When we come back, going to switch gears and talk a little basketball. We'll be right back. Their miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Greatly appreciate Scott Berry for spending time with us in those first two segments like he does every single Monday. Golden Eagles take two out of three from Little Rock and get ready for a game tomorrow night in Montgomery, Alabama against Troy. And be sure to look forward to that. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar & Grill located on 4th Street, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, a daily lunch special every day of the week, eight ninety-five. 95 That includes a drink. We appreciate the support from 4th Street Bar and Grill. Golden Eagles. Basketball season comes to an end this past weekend as they wrap up the 2019-2020 season. Jay Ladner's first season, a uh, n- the wins and loss column not the, not the what the Golden Eagles wanted, but down the stretch specifically, what we saw in and out every single game uh, was hustle even to the last whistle and. Uh, all Southern Miss fans, sure proud of that. The next couple of days we're going to have some of these Southern Miss seniors uh, joining us on the Eagle Hour. And happy to have the big man today, Bubin Jack Domey, out of London, England, just finishing his Southern Miss basketball career. And, Boban, thanks for stopping by today and being on the Eagle Hour.
3: Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it.
0: Man, I was reading uh, your your Twitter uh, the other day, and uh, you you posed for a last uh, post game pick with some of your guys, LD in there, Stevenson, uh, Gabe Watson, and and one of the things you said was you thank God and just everyone uh, as a part of your basketball journey. And something I want to just get you to unpack for us and and our listeners, you said you were never going to regret committing uh, to to USM. Explain that for us, man, and let us know how much it's meant for you to be a Golden Eagle.
3: Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it back a little bit. You know, uh, when I was back home, when I was in London playing my early years, when I started pretty late, unlike other players on my team. I started basketball around 17 years old. So, um, upon picking up basketball so late, I never thought I would be in the position I would be now. So, you know, everything I take up to this point is a blessing, truly a blessing, I, I and I thank everybody for it. Um, you know, the fact that Southern Miss give, gave me an opportunity, you know, as a late bloomer, Southern Miss still believes in me to be a key part of this program. And so that gave me a lot of confidence, and, you know, I'm really grateful for the fact that they gave me this sport. And, you know, I, I never regret, You know, like I said, I never regret coming to Southern Miss. You know, Southern Miss has been blessings upon blessings every year that I've been here. And, you know, I, I appreciate wearing black and gold.
0: You were, uh, you were the first international signee uh, under Doc Sadler. Sure. But you came from Chattanooga State Community College. How did you get from London uh, to Chattanooga?
3: Long story short, my high school coach back in London was American. Uh he played a few his name was Sean Jameson. He played uh he played in various countries overseas and he played yeah he actually played for the Harlem Grove Trust for a few time, for a few uh for a year or two. And um he ended up finishing his career in London and ended up, you know, coaching in high school in London and found me. And when he found me, he obviously I played with him for a few years in high school and then um and then after that he, he kinda of found a uh he knew people in Chattanooga and I kinda of became a like, had like a business call with him and then you know said I have a big man here. He's you know obviously uh talks about my pros and cons and stuff and then obviously the coach was, you know, willing to take me onto the team and gave me a scholarship right there and then and you know, a few months later here I am in America for the very first time coming off to campus in State
1: Hey man, we're glad to have you on the show. This is Bob Getty Bob and uh a couple questions. Uh now, here's a really important question. This is an ABC multiple-choice question, okay? Okay. You come from London to the Deep South. What was your favorite part of the Deep South? A, the weather. B, the food. C, the southern women. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm going to have to say B, you know, the food here is immaculate. You know, I read... Really- I, I, the past three years, of, I've lived in southern, I lived in the, the southern uh, part of America for three years of my five years spent in America, and the food here is, you know, so much. It's really good. You know, I uh, I want to sh- give a special shout out to crawfish. You know, we're, as we're entering the <laughs> crawfish season, I I wow, I I am in love with the food. Like crawfish is my favorite food, officially my favorite seafood.
1: So crawfish not available on a on a normal basis in london am i hearing that correct
3: no sir no sir
1: (laughs) talk about if you will for just a minute your overall with all seriousness your overall experience in the united states
3: um you know like i said before you know uh i started late and i never knew i would be ended up in america you know so uh, you know, growing up and hearing all these things about America, about basketball in America, to finally being a, given a chance to stay here and live here and play here, you know, it's, it's, it's a, truly a dream come true. You know, my past five years in America have been life-changing. Uh, I've met some lifelong friends. Uh, I've made some great connections, and I've met some great people, people who I can gladly call my family now. And, you know, America has just been, you know, truly good to me these past five years, and As an obstacle, it's really helped me to be, you know, mature and and really helped me to live up to that independence. And, you know, uh, Southern Miss has really given me, or America in a whole, has really given me the ability to now go forward and, you know, live life to the fullest and, you know, um, take care of myself and the people around me.
1: Well there's you know there's there's a great there's a great connection between the cultures of Great Britain and the United States and obviously the friendship and and the, you know the alliance between the the two countries is unbreakable uh, did that help i mean did did the similarities between Great Britain and the United States and and the bond between the countries did that help you when you came over here do you think that would have you think it would have been the same type of of uh, transition? Had you gone somewhere other than the United States?
3: Um, well, yeah, I feel like it did help me. You know, uh, above all, above all, you know, one of the main things that really helped me was the language barrier. Right, uh, right. the fact, that the, 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 despite, despite the fact that you know, Southern English is different to uh, the Queen's English, as everyone likes to say, um, uh, uh, is relatively different. However, you still understand, and that's still, you know, me moving to a country I've never been to before. The fact that they speak the same language as me. As me really did help me yeah. you know uh get comfortable and start to get into the swing of things so I feel like the link between the United States and the United Kingdom really was a big thing for me and it really helped me out
1: right i i c- but I, it, but I
3: can it was that. pretty
0: pretty unique though uh, bobbin when uh after a game uh, a little kid ran up to you and said you you really tall up there at 69 ain't you" <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean when i uh when i it,
3: before I come before coming to america i thought you know I was gonna be amongst people my same height. Well, every day when I came in, you know, I, I'm still one of the coolest people. So, but that that was still pretty cool that the kid did come to me and say that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, talk talk about this season. Some it was a challenging season, especially uh, when when Angel went down with an injury. You lost a couple teammates. I mean, you and you and the other guys, you knew it probably halfway in. It was gonna be seven uh seven guys that were going to come in I think at one point because of overtime Gabe Watson was averaging more than forty points a game he and LD really stayed on the court you and and Leonard Harper and Stevenson I mean the minutes were were, were so much uh, talk, talk about how you guys pressed through as a team um, just uh, with uh, with the difficulties
3: i feel I feel we have to give a lot of credit to coach Ladner. um you know, uh despite the fact that we came to the season not anticipating losing that many players throughout the season, you know, Coach Lanner really, you know, conditioned us to the point where we'll be able to withstand that type of pressure. You know, like I said, like you just said, you know, Tyler gave Len Harper Baker playing multiple reign playing multiple minutes. I feel like what Coach did with us in the summer, coming into the fall, coming into the spring, he was he really prepared us mentally and physically for that type of situation, even though we didn't anticipate it. You know, it, it, it hurts every time, you know, you lose a key player. It hurts every time that, you know, a person who contributes on a high level is now injured and can't contribute. and have to find someone else. You have to go down the bench and deep, deep and find new, uh, uh, you know, not find new ammo to, I, I, I guess, like, you know, use on the court. But, um, you know, Coach Lala really prepared us for and of the coaching club. The whole coaching staff in general really prepared us for the situation. And evidently, we, at times we did, you know, overcome the fact that we were short handed and we still came through with a few wins.
1: So what's next? What where do you where do you go from here, Bowen?
3: Oh, me personally, um I'm highly considering professional basketball. You know, um I've been uh ever since, you know, as soon as the the, the horn blew against Middle Tennessee, my phone has been blown up with different agencies and people contacted my phone wanting me to try uh represent me and maybe play for a different, <laughs> different team and stuff but, I'm really taking this time to kind of like um, consider my options, you know, uh, speaking to as many people as I can. Uh, uh, Coach Welleson, for instance, he said a great year, a great career in the NBA. Um, I really kind of use him as a mentor right now to help me make right decisions. into making decisions from college to professional basketball. But um, overall, yes, professional basketball is my next step and what I'm striving for right now.
1: Well, well, listen, we want to thank you for the contribution you made here at our university. Uh, it's a great pleasure having you here, part of our community, and uh, we wish you nothing but uh, the very best of luck as you move forward in your life.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, God save the queen, Boban. God, God save the queen. queen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Boban. We appreciate you, man. Well, I'll tell you what, look, I'd give you anything to have that accent. That must be a killer. With that the is women. the
0: that is the greatest. He has the greatest accent in the history of Southern Miss athletics.
1: I don't sure. think there's any Absolutely. argument about that. All right. We've got softball, some other stuff to wrap up, and uh, just kind of shoot the bull when we come back, I guess, on the Eagle Hour.
0: 94th segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, or online, Toyota If you go on their website, all of the new pre-owned and certified Toyota vehicles, go see our friends at Toyota Hattiesburg. For your next Toyota vehicle. Southern Miss Softball uh, wins two out of three um, this weekend from Jacksonville State. Coach Brian Levan in his first year improves to 14 and 7. Lady Eagles won two to one on Friday after a great pitching performance uh, combined by McKenna Pierce, McKenna Pierce and Kalen Ladner. Lady Eagles won four to three on Saturday and dropped uh, a, ga- a match or game yesterday, three to nothing. Great uh, non-conference game this week against Mississippi State in Hattiesburg, Wednesday at mm. six p.m. No baseball going on, so if you're in the burg, go see the Lady Eagles host the Lady Bulldogs, and then softball this weekend starts conference USA play down in Boca Raton against Florida Atlantic Beach volleyball uh, with a weekend of winning this weekend. They won four to nothing and uh, improved to five and two. On the year, men's golf also uh, completed the first day today at the Tiger Invitational at Opalike, Alabama. That's the Auburn Tigers. Uh, team shot a 307 combined, and uh, Robbie Ladder buried a four of the five holes in the opening round. He's tied for 21st. Overall, and then from ladies basketball, Res- Respect Leapart, who I think has one of the greatest names in all of college basketball. Conference USA uh, women's basketball announcements this morning for all-conference, and Respect Leapart is an all-conference uh, selection, so congratulations to Respect. We will have Coach Joy Lee McNellis on uh, the show uh, tomorrow, on Tuesday, as the Lady Eagles get ready for the Conference USA Championships. They play Marshall at 11 a.m. on Wednesday down in Frisco.
1: Hmm. So Respect Leapart got the respect she deserved. Is that right? Bang. I don't have the uh, music effects. <laughs> Come on, Dalton. Does, wake yes. up. Get out of the telephone here, here and go. pay attention. Here, hold on,
0: I got it right here. Let We're me in. start over. So Respect
1: <laughs> Leapart got the respect she deserved, right?
0: There you go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Better.
1: All right. You can go back to the phone now. Boy, these millennials, Luke. I'm telling you. Have you ever been like
0: He's probably playing some
1: some game, game on it? Have you ever gone like yeah. a whole day without your phone? I have mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. What is your
0: screen? What is, screen. is your screen time activity? How many hours and minutes a week? How I don't many? know. Never looked at it. Hmm. Look probably it 15 hours a day. Look it up. Okay. I want to know. I don't know. I was using it. A I want to know last. what we're Not paying you to do. Work. Now, I'll tell you this. Bob's is probably like one minute because he That's responds correct. to my text like eight hours later. That's correct. I'm not big on social media. Or when media. it's slaying here in the studio and you hear his phone ring in the middle of the show. Right.
1: <laughs> Come on. <laughs> how about it? What's the but, answer? Uh,
0: I'm looking. I don't know how to find it. All right. Uh, well, you're maybe. supposed to know that. You're supposed to have some shortcut to that on your smartphone. Well, oh, oh, on tomorrow, Apple, I know Android. how to do it. Hmm. Coach Michelle. Joy Lee McNellis on the show tomorrow. Also working to get Larry Boyd, three-sport letter, letterman uh, for the University of Southern Mississippi. You've heard him on some some basketball broadcasts, uh, the ESPN broadcast with with Lee Roberts. He is the father of the starting pitcher tomorrow night yeah, for I... <laughs> Southern Miss. Drew Boyd. This
1: How cool was that? To he, he told me the story. other night, uh, Mr. Boyd told me the other night at the game that he never really got nervous, you know, playing baseball, football, or basketball, but... That watching his son pitch is the most nerve wracking thing he's ever experienced. So, be interesting to have the father of a starting pitcher the afternoon of the game. Hopefully, you
0: know. that we work that because out. Nick Sandlin's dad would never no. come on the show. We would be live from the Pete. Nick would be getting, and we look over there, Mr. John. Come on, no way! And no. then Nick would go out and throw like a, a full game one hitter. So, Correct. maybe there's something to it
1: correct. Uh, How disappointed were you in the loss yesterday, Luke? You think uh, you should be happy anytime you win a series, but it's always disappointing. Uh, You, how'd you feel about that?
0: Um, you know, Chris Curry told us last week uh, the coach for Little Rock that Funk was his best pitcher and I think Funk was coming off he was like the Sunbelt pitcher of the week last week. Mm-hmm. Just kind of odd to me. You ask coach Barry they threw him on Sunday. So right. I was a little frustrated, uh but the kid he's like a 2.01 ERA for for the year. Uh it sounds strange, um but you know, Chandler Best did pitch better yesterday. Now when Shepard comes back, you wonder if Etheridge is probably going to take that that Third spot in the weekend rotation, and mm-hmm. I, I tend to think mm-hmm. that. But, um, you know, Chandler Best, um, you look at what he did, he got into trouble a few times, but he's a true freshman. Um, I would like to see. McKillis didn't have a good weekend. I think he went 0 for 11, and uh, his average has dropped a little bit. Everybody's averages, Charlie went from 390. He's right at 345 now. But like you told me during commercial break, Dustin Dickerson is batting over 300 as a true freshman. That's a really encouraging sign as the Golden Eagles can open right. up conference play. And, uh,
1: Funk was outstanding yesterday on the mound. That, that's just one of those days where kids dialed in. He's got great stuff, and it's just hard to overcome that. And uh, the Eagles were not able to do it. Did you find out? I did. It says,
0: as of today, three hours and 11 minutes. A day. Well, I mean, that's, that's right now.
1: So you've spent literally half the day on your phone.
0: Well, I mean, I woke up at eight o'clock. No, 8 o'clock. he woke up at eleven.
1: So he's been yeah, on the phone. He, since no, he woke I had up. a I had a ten o'clock class this morning. Hmm. So he's been up five hours he and three up and a half of them he's been on the phone. Well, I there do
0: use my phone
1: for schoolwork too. <laughs> okay, I do, <laughs>
0: and I've been listening <laughs> to the stream.
1: Joy Lee McNellis on the, the show. The <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. <laughs> to,
0: to the, the top. top.
1: Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Or I want to fly like an eagle.